Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast episode 55. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. So lovely to have you here. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I want to just talk a little bit about the podcast and how so excited I have been over the last few weeks seeing all the new downloads that I've been getting on it. I can't tell you, literally, okay, I wake up in the morning, one of the very first things I do is I go on to Libsyn, which is who I host my um, podcast with, and I look at the downloads every morning without fail. My husband travels and I screenshot them and send them to him. Honestly, we get so excited about the downloads and I am loving seeing everyone that's downloading. I'm loving receiving messages and DMs and emails. It's so amazing to think that I sit here in my office on my own, wittering away to myself, and then you guys are out there listening. I couldn't be more thankful. I Honestly, I am over the moon. I love doing this. I love helping and teaching and it's one of my most favourite things. In fact, I was talking about it just this morning because I was talking about a talk I've got coming up and how I really like to do practical talks because I like people to go away with something that they can physically then do in their business. So for me, the podcast is just the best platform because every single week I get to come in here, tell you something that could change the way you do something in your business. And of course, even better, it might help you sell more or promote more or get more customers or more people on your email list, which for me is just awesome. So it's so, so good to hear from so many of you. Now, if you are listening to the podcast and you're new, please come and say hello to me. Or if you're not new and you haven't said hello, then please come and say hello to me. Please come and find me. Now, you will most often find me on Instagram and Twitter, but I am everywhere. Please come over and say hi. Tell me what you think. And also, if you haven't done a review on iTunes, then I would be so very grateful if you did. It was just really lovely to hear the amazing reviews I get on there. And again, it helps get the podcast out there even more. So, and the bigger the podcast gets, the better guests I can bring you. So it really is such a wonderful thing to see it growing. And honestly, it makes my heart sing. I get so genuinely excited and so very, very grateful so thank you. Anyway, enough of me going on about how grateful I am, but I am, by the way, in case you hadn't realised. I have got a really good episode for you today, and it's one I interviewed a little while back, actually. So I had to go back and re-listen to the episode so I remembered the things we discussed, because sometimes they, when I do it a long time in advance, it can blur into other things. 
Anyway, if you remember back in episode 49, um, about sort of six episodes ago, I interviewed Elisa and she talked about Pinterest and it blew my mind. I honestly promise you, if you listened to that one, you would have heard. I, I thought I knew about Pinterest until I listened to that. Also, I suddenly realised, what have I been doing? I should totally be on it and be making it work harder for my business. Now, I'm still that's still on the list of things to do. Sometimes we just get super busy, but I promise it is on my list. And as soon as I've started doing it, I'll let you know. However, I also interviewed the very lovely Jeff C. Jeff is a visual marketing consultant specialising in Pinterest, Instagram and video. He's also the owner and creative director at His Design Inc., where he has worked to help clients market themselves in the best way possible using a variety of mediums over 16 years. He is also head beard at Manly Pinterest Tips, where he's the creator and host of the Manly Pinterest Tips show. Gosh, that's hard to say. Um, Jeff is also on the social team at Social Media Examiner and manages their Pinterest and Instagram, as well as appearing in and producing much of their live video content. Now, what was so good to have Jeff on talking about Pinterest was often it's seen as a very female-led platform with only really women that go on there and you can only really market things to women and for women. And it was great to get him on to talk about his take on it and what he thought about it. And also after the episode that we did with Elisa on episode 49, I'll link up to that in the show notes, It was great that she gave us a really good foundation of what Pinterest was. And Jeff takes us a little bit more deep diving into a few other aspects of it. So for instance, we talk about the types of things that you want to post. We also discuss rich pins. And he kind of blew my mind with the technology that's available now that basically you can create a pin and that pin is connected with the product on your shop. And therefore, when people click on the pin, they can check out right there and then really seamlessly, which I just think is an amazing tool. Also, if you change the price on your website, it changes the price on the pin, which again, if you've got a product that you're selling online, I just think that's a really amazing thing to be able to do. We go into lots of other details about how to use Pinterest as well and why it's good for your business. So this is definitely another must listen. If you enjoyed the other Pinterest episode, you're definitely going to love this one. And also if you're sat there thinking, do you know what, Teresa, Pinterest isn't for me and my business, please give it a go. Because I promise you, just listening to this will, I hope, open you up to another possibility. Now, you know, I am a massive advocate of not trying to do too much. And I only do things if I can do them really well. So therefore, I know Pinterest is super important and I am going to do it. We're just trying to work out a way in which me and the team can do it within our current sort of setup and with ease. But actually, for some of you out there, Pinterest could work way better for you than maybe even Facebook or Twitter or, you know, lo and behold, Instagram. And you know, I'm a massive fan of Instagram. So just take a listen because you could be missing out on a platform that actually could work super well for your business. Anyway, enough of me. Here's the interview with Jeff. So I'm so excited today to welcome Jeff C to the podcast. Welcome, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So thank you. I'm, I'm, I had a small intro to Pinterest and on the podcast already, we've had a small intro to, uh, to Pinterest and I know that I just have a million other questions and I'm very excited to find out more because it's like, I thought I knew about Pinterest and then I realized I know nothing. And I feel really embarrassed about the fact that I don't know anything to do with Pinterest. So I am really excited about finding out more and how we can use it. But before we get onto that, it would be great if you could share with my audience who you are, what you do and how you got to be doing what you do now. Yeah, my name is Jeff C. And I'm, uh, I live in a place called Longview, Texas. So I'll try. I, I don't think you'll hear any like Southern stuff because I grew up in Kansas. So we're kind of, I think we're okay with the, the accent. But um, yeah, so I started, I've, I've had for almost 16 years, uh, I started in web development for a company and then got into, um, started my own company and was doing that. And then I said, well, I better do this. I keep telling my, my customers to get into social media. And so I better start doing it. Yeah. So I wrote a, um, I started a blog and started writing a blog and one of them, uh, the blogs were, was called um, Manly Pinterest Tips Number One because 
I was, I, I was listening, driving back from a road trip and I was listening to social media examiner, Mike Stelzner's podcast. And he had this lady on named Cynthia Sanchez. And she had this website called Oso Pinteresting. And she talked about how Pinterest drove so much traffic to her blog. And I'm like, man, I just started a new blog. I should do this. Yeah. So I started using Pinterest and it really started to work for me. And so I wrote this blog post called Manly Pinterest Tips Number One. And it was about uh, creating a secret board uh, on Pinterest for, with my daughter. And we were able to share, you know, stuff she wanted to do, craft she wanted to do and recipes yeah. or whatever. And it was a great way for us to do that kind of online together. And I wrote this blog post and it really took off. And uh, about that time, Google Hangout, Hangouts was really taking off, the, the live video shows. And uh, four other guys, somebody said, hey, you guys, you need to do a, uh, a uh, show on Pinterest. And so we decided to do this Manly Pinterest Tips podcast. And I had four other guys, and they all had huge followings compared to what I was at. But they, they for some reason, went to the show with me. And we started doing this. And we were able to interview people like Guy Kawasaki. We got to interview like the producer of Pretty Woman. Uh, mm. So it just kind of blew up. And yeah. so I continued to write con uh, uh, content and do the shows. And then eventually I decided to launch my own podcast called the Manly Pitcher Tips Podcast mm -hmm. and um, kind of took off on my own. And I started doing live shows that led to uh, me being asked to speak for Social Media Examiner on their digital conference when they used to have what was called the summit. Uh, yeah, and then they, they had they asked, I guess I did OK. And they asked me to come speak at their their conference. And about that same time, they asked me, hey, will you run our Pinterest account for us? And I went, sure. And so that led to my, my gig at Social Media Examiner and doing Manly Pinterest Tips, the, the website. And it just kind of blew up from there. So I can trace everything back to that's using good. Pinterest. Everything that's good that's happened in these last uh, four or five years can all be traced back to Pinterest. It's all down to Pinterest. Thank you, yes. Pinterest. Yes. That's Thank you yeah. <laughs> so what was it, I guess, it, it, when you first started to look, because from what you were saying, you decided you had to use social media or do more in social media, but what was it then that kind of pulled Pinterest out for you? Was it just the, the traffic source or, or did you like it? What was, it was, what? It was one, it was easy. And also I knew when I first started, I couldn't comp compete with a Jay bear or a Michael yeah. Stelzner, Mick, Rick Mulready, all those had, there was niche stuff in there. Yeah. And at that time it was still Pinterest still, and it still does a little bit that it's, it's only a network for women. And I thought, right. Oh, this will be funny. Uh, manly Pinterest tips and do some humor with it. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I said, oh, well, I could, I could kind of, this could be my niche. I could go in here and do this. And, and plus it's, for me, it was really easy to do. The traffic was huge, especially for a new blog, seeing that it, that it comes in and people don't understand. I, I, I just, I, I can't, it's hard for me to fathom if you have a blog or especially if you have a product, why not use Pinterest? Because it drives so much traffic. Mm -hmm. And for example, um, social media examiner, this, the, the largest driver of social traffic is from Pinterest. That's in front of Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook even. The, the biggest driver of traffic back to our articles on our site is Pinterest. So it's That you. is amazing. Yeah. Do you think then, because one thing, uh, one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on and to talk about Pinterest is because I know that that's where my social media knowledge falls down at that right. point yeah. Pinterest. Now I am on Pinterest and I was mm -hmm. actually very excited because I've got 2000 followers, which I'm yeah. quite excited That's about. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but the thing was, as I've discovered now going on this journey, starting to find out about it, is the people that follow me, they follow me because I share, uh, or I was sharing at the time, dinner party mm -hmm. things, because I like a dinner party and right. I like tables nice. It's the real, right, right, right. Yeah. Proper, proper girly Pinterest. So of course I've got all these followers that follow me for that, not necessarily right. what I want to do. That's the cool thing about Pinterest. So you have people following your entire account. They just say, I love whatever she does. I'm going to follow her. Yeah. But then you have people who follow specific boards. Yeah. So if you look at what I'm pinning, I pin stuff because my brand can be pretty broad. So I pin, uh, pin manly foods, um, you know, wood carving stuff that I really like and people follow me for that. But I also pin a lot of social media content and yeah. a lot of my content falls underneath there. So you have all sorts. And I really, when I first started, uh, another one of my mentors and she really kind of took me under her wing to help me with this was Peg Fitzpatrick. And you watch her account as well. She'll pin cupcake recipes. She has one that comes out every year, uh, cause the, the holiday times where she just gets tons of traffic on it because it has to do with the, 
a recipe and that kind of thing. But it, you know, people follow her just because they they like her 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 style. And I I tend to kind of move away from some of uh, the hardcore you know pinners is I don't think you really need to niche down. And like, if your business is a flower shop, I don't think all you have to do is pin flower arrangements. Yeah. yeah. Cause you want to give your content. It's just like any other social media platform. Yeah. You want to give your audience what they need. You want to be helpful. That's why they're following you. Mm-hmm. And so take that flower shop example. You don't just have to pin your own bouquets. You could pin other people who've written articles about how to do, you know, a table arrangement, how yeah. to, you know, uh, how do you, give flowers for a a funeral, whatever. And so all Mm -hmm. that content serves your audience. And I think that's what people kind of get confused about on Pinterest is that um, it's not just your own content all the time. It's what other, what you're doing to serve your audience. Yeah. So tell me then what, or let me know what you think. Why do you think when I speak to lots of clients and lots of people around uh, in their own businesses that need social media, Pinterest isn't even on the radar and in fact, I can happily tell you that there's only one client ever we've done pins for. Right. They, it's not even on their radar. I don't hear many people talking about it in terms of specialisms on social media. Why do you think that is? Do you think they just don't know it? Or do you think... I, I think so. And also Pinterest, and they've even said this, the founders have even said this, that they don't consider it a social platform. Yeah. They consider it a search engine. And it really is. It's a discovery mm-hmm. engine. You go there to plan for stuff. You really don't, I mean, you can talk to people inside of pins and say, you know, make comments and things, but it's mostly where people go to discover and dream. And so it's a search engine. It's a visual search engine. And um, the other thing I think that people struggle with, especially like bloggers and content creators is, is, is like, if you're writing a blog, it's hard enough to get that, you know, horizontal blog image. And Pinterest is really those tall vertical pins. And it's one more step and I think people struggle with visu- creating visual content. Mm-hmm. And so that's just one more thing. And they're like, I don't want to take the time to use make one for Pinterest because I, I just don't. And so they forget about it, which is really to their detriment because it really does drive so much traffic. Yeah. And so the other thing I wanted to pick up on from what you've said already is the fact that obviously you're a man, uh, just in right. case no one's right. picked that up I yet. Hope they um, that out yet. <laughs> and, and obviously that is the one thing that's interesting because am I or am I I'm not sure whether I'm right or wrong saying this but the concept the uh, perception is that it's female that it's right. own that and I remember some time ago when I looked at it it was a lot of females that use it so is that still the case do you see there's an opportunity for a more male side of it yeah uh, males are the fastest growing demographic on Pinterest in fact a right. couple of years ago they even said that there's more uh, people on Pinterest than all of GQ and Sports Illustrator subscribers combined. So mm-hmm. they're on there. Um, they may just be lurking, you know, they may yeah. be on their girlfriends again. Now, in the United States, it does trim, trend higher for women. But in other countries where it's opened up, where Pinterest is opened up in other countries, it's more of an even. I think the UK is actually a little bit more even than even okay. the United States is. So there's no reason for if you even... I've seen some... In fact, I've discovered some great brands on Pinterest, like there's a carnivore club, which does the a meat of the month club, which is huge. And they get a ton of yeah. stuff over there. There's a, there's a called a, like a man crates, which is a, a gift subscription company. That's huge on Pinterest. There's tons of guy stuff on Pinterest. Yeah. And what it is, is that, you know, it's an algorithm based, just like any other social, any other network is that what you pin and what you look for, Pinterest will start serving you what, what you want to see. Yeah. And so the more you save and look at and pin, you know, stuff that you want to see, then the the feed is going to be curated for you. So Mm. there's tons and there's sports teams on Pinterest. There's, I mean, it's just huge amount of things on Pinterest. Yeah. And like I said, I remember, you know, using it for myself and I know, I guess initially when, if I had a client that sold shoes or wedding dresses or, you know, very female led things, I'd think, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. And the other thing that you said was, uh, that was interesting. And actually maybe like you said, this is what is putting people off is one, the size of the image is entirely different, Mm -hmm. but two, do you think that, or do you agree that I feel like I only pin very beautiful looking things because like you said, you said earlier that it's a where you go to dream. So if I'm going to be pinning stuff, it needs to be a really attractive looking house or a lovely lounge or a nice bedroom or a nice Mm -hmm. pair of shoes or whatever. So do you think that that's what's putting them off? Because if you're going to 
well, I, I don't know, you tell me, do you have to have an amazing image to succeed on there? It's funny you say that. And I, I share a couple images in my talk that are kind of funny. One, I mean, there's some horrible images on Pinterest that are just doing crazy. There's this picture of a carpet that I use for an example. And the top, it's really moldy. And at the bottom, it shows that it's clean. And it's from a carpet company. Yeah. It's from a, a person, the place. That, and that thing had been pinned like, I mean, it was like 136,000 times, oh which God. leads to their site, which has their services on it. And it, and it was an ugly pin. I mean, it's ugly, but yeah. it shows what the result is, you know, and it works. So, of course, pretty pictures work well, yeah. um, but it, they don't have to. And the other thing is, is you talked about where people go to dream. I was doing some research and I was doing pins for a big clothing company from New York. Um, and I went, was doing research in a place, I think it was like, like Neiman Marcus or something. And it was really strange because I was looking at their account on Instagram. And then I was looking at their account on Pinterest and, and comparing it even to their website catalog. And on Instagram, they showed the really pretty picture of the, like the lady in the sweater and she it was, you know, mm-hmm. full screen. And, and then when I went to Pinterest, I noticed that they were just showing the sweater and they cut off. It was the same image, but they cut off the head. And I'm like, what in the world? Why? And I went and I dove into it and I found out when people go to Instagram, they, you know, they want to see what's pretty and everything. But when they go to Pinterest, they want to see themselves in it. So yeah. by cutting off the, the top of the head, yeah. they could imagine themselves in that sweater. And I yeah. thought that was genius. And yeah, that really shows the difference between like Instagram and Pinterest is that people go there and they want to plan and dream and see themselves there. Mm, I love that. So do you think a particular type of business service product that is better suited to Pinterest and vice versa? Are there people that you think just don't even bother? You know, I used to think I would say, and I said this one time on a live show and I said, well, I, I don't think, you know, like if a, a funeral company should be on Pinterest. That doesn't make any sense. Like a undertaker. And then I got all these things back that like, no, you should, they should because they could pin articles about how to deal with loss and how to yeah, do yeah. deal with grief and, and so you just be creative and, and anything works. I mean, I've seen like pet services, like for when a pet die and like how to deal with your pet loss. And there's an article in a pretty a picture of a, a dog yeah. and, and people that they go crazy for that stuff. And there's, there's um, how to save money. I mean, anything you can think of, there's probably something on it in Pinterest. And so there's an opportunity, I think for everyone. Now, some will do better and some you really got to maybe stretch to think of, okay, how can I get an image for that? But I think they... Because they all lead back to your site, I just, I, I would try it no matter what, yeah. what uh, industry or product you have. I would try it on Pinterest to see what would, if it would be, if it would work because of the traffic. And do you think as well uh, that it needs to be helpful or purposeful or do you know, because the examples you gave them were things like, you know, advice around this, that and the other. So Obviously, if you're talking a blog post that it's going to be, but mm-hmm. do you think that's definitely an angle you should be taking on Pinterest? Um, there's a tons of different ways you could uh, do stuff on Pinterest. You know, the helpful articles always work. Um, a lot of products work. I mean, now that they, they have, um, so Pinterest has things called rich pins and it's, you tie them into your site with the meta, metadata and stuff. But for like product pins, like if, like I have, I have a, a, a site called Manly Plunder and it's mostly for me to test shoppable pins on Pinterest. Okay. And so I have t-shirts that I sell there and I can just pin that t-shirt and it's got the price on there and they can click it and check out. So products are huge. Wow. Um, and you could just do a, a product on Pinterest. A so, lot sorry, of just people- to clarify, you can check out in Pinterest. Oh yeah. So it goes right. Wow. It, they've just changed it. So it used to be, it would, it would check out on Pinterest. Now they've moved it. So your e-commerce site, um, like if I have a Shopify account, so yeah. it would go and it checks out on Shopify, but it's seamless. And it works really, and it, and and it's and if you if you lower the price, the price lowers on your pin. You don't have to create a new one, and oh, so that's huge for e-commerce. So yeah, um, and is that a bit of tech in the background tying those two? Yeah, but it, Shopify is pretty much automatic. You can set it up okay. really easy. It's almost like um, you probably had somebody on talking about the Instagram shoppable pins. I mean, shoppable posts. It's the same kind of a thing. So it's really easy to set up. Um, and it's not hard to set up these rich pins. Like if you're a blogger, they have an article, rich pin, which gives you a little snippet of your article and lets you click on it to go read it. Not hard to set up on your site. Um, if you use WordPress or use the Yoast plugin, it's really easy. So that's different to me creating an image and then telling it where I want it to be sent. Right. 
So you want to, here's the, and, and I know we'll probably get into this, but there's a difference between a personal account and a business account. Yes. Yeah. So a business account, if you're doing any sort of, you know, blogging, any stuff, you, yeah. you really need to have a Pinterest uh, business account because otherwise you're breaking terms of service. You really okay. need to have a business account. Plus the business account gives you stats, lets you do promoted pins, which is kind yeah. of like their Facebook ads for Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And it also um, gives you these rich pins availability where you can have, no one can, uh, there's, there used to be a big problem with spam on Pinterest where people would upload a pin and they could go back and they could change the, where the pin would go and, you know, kind of hijack your pin. Well, okay. when you have rich pits, rich pin set up, they can't do that. There's right. no way because it's, it's locked into your site. It even, you know, you have your website verified through Pinterest. And so it just gives you another layer of security. So business accounts are really important. And it's only business accounts that can do those rich pins. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, we're just on that. What other reasons or what other things do we need to look out for? Or why do we need to bring kind of onto the business account? Well, it gives you a lot of, um, a lot more features. Like I said, the stats are incredible. The Pinterest yeah. has their own built-in stats, which are really good. And you don't get that at all if you're uh, on just a personal account. Um, you always want to make sure you're not breaking terms of service because you'd hate to build up your account and then yeah. take, take it away. Um, and then the, the, the promoted pins, and the, those are doing really well for people because they're a little bit cheaper than Facebook ads and you can really awesome. do some cool targeting with it. That's awesome. So explain to me as well about the fact of, or just clarify for me, when I think of sort of a Facebook page or mm-hmm. I know Twitter's a bit different, but I imagine that, you know, if you're a local business, then obviously people come and follow that page that are local mm-hmm. on Pinterest. It's not like that. Is it? It's, it's wider. Is it? Yeah. But they used to have map pins, but I've seen a lot of, uh, let's say real estate brokers do really well on Pinterest because they can put their listings up there and they can take them down, but they can, people can follow those certain boards like in certain areas. Um, so yeah. people can, like if it's a big city and there's certain boroughs or certain areas, they could follow those, those uh, certain pins that they're po- posting up there. And so there's a lot of, because a lot of people go in and dream about houses. And so that's yeah. just really, really cool for real estate people. They also with some discoverability now, um, they used to not have hashtags, but now they have hashtags on Pinterest. So you could also use that because local hashtags, just like Instagram, yeah. work really well. So you could do that as well on Pinterest. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to bring up something you just said then about when you delete a pin. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you put a, a pin on there and you're, you've created it, you're the originator of that pin. And, you, and obviously, then it gets shared and shared and shared and shared and mm-hmm. shared. If you then delete it, does it get removed off everybody's? No, just yours. It's just that uh-huh. you're, so uh, that's why you want to be really careful and you want to make sure that you're pinning good stuff. I mean, yeah. uh, and you want to make sure that all your, everything's tied together the way you want. So if you delete it, it's just off your board. If somebody repins it, it's still there, but there's no reason for you. And there's a big debate um, probably uh, the first part of this year about should you delete pins or not? Mm-hmm. And Pinterest even says you shouldn't. Now, third-party pins, like if it's somebody else's content, that's fine if you want to delete those, but your own personal pin, that's just, that's content that's out there. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a big mistake on it, I would never delete my pins. And I, and I repin my content quite a bit. So I just don't pin it once and leave it. I continue to pin that to different boards and then recycle them because just like Twitter, there's a kind of a feed in the main feed yeah. and you want to keep dropping your content in there throughout the week and the month. Yeah. And that's something that I discovered that I am a binge Pinterest user. <laughs> and so it's not bad to do that. I mean, it's fine because I go on those uh, sprees all the time. Yeah. But um, because the algorithm, it's not going to dump all those in like it used to be when it was all chronological. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it figures it out. So, but what I use is I use a scheduler. So I use a scheduler called Tailwind and yeah. that allows me to uh, schedule those and loop certain pins that I want that are my content. And so I, I mean, I, it's, no matter how many people want to be on Pinterest, they usually don't want to be on it 24-7. So no. that lets me spread out the pins. And, continue, and we do that for Social Media Examiner as well. And it's always dripping our content into the different boards and the feed. Okay. So if you're creating a pin and it's not being pulled from your website, so you're creating it, just talk me through then, what do I need to consider when putting together that pin? How do I make people find it? What sort of things do I need to do? 
So you're talking about my pin that you like your content? Yeah. So let's say I've got a blog post that I want to put on my Pinterest board. How am I going to maximize that pin? So an easy way is there's a, there's a site called Canva, which is kind of do it your own graphic design. Mm -hmm. A lot of people use it. There's a Pinterest uh, template that I love. And so I will use that on the fly real quick if I want to. Uh, One of the things is, is you want to mix up those templates. Don't just use the stock one because a lot of times I'll go through a feed and go, oh, that's from Canva. Oh, that's from Canva. You know, and so you want to mix it up and make it your own and make it different. And you could do that really easy in Canva. But there's 735 by 1102 is their pixel count. And so in Photoshop, that's what I do. Uh, Pinterest has actually said that they, they have a specific size that they like and that fits in that ratio. Mm -hmm. And so um, I do that. One of the things is that I talk to a lot of people and I know, and I see this a lot, like with um, a lot of the the food bloggers and even some of the the marriage, I mean, the the wedding and event planners is they love to use those, those really scripty fonts. Yeah. And those look really cool on your big screen in Photoshop, but you've got to remember that 80 to 90% of people come to um, your site on Pinterest through mobile. And so with those scripty fonts, if they're hard to read, like as a text overlay, Mm. people are just like, what is that about? It looks just like jumbled. And it's, you've got only a few seconds to capture people's attention. So make sure your text overlay is clear. Make sure your link's going back to the the right place. Mm-hmm. Make sure your website is optimized. Nothing will make me go away from a article quicker than if I'm on mobile and a big pop-up pops up on my screen and I can't find the X to click out of it fast. Yeah. I've had them sometimes cover up stuff and I'm just like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, so, I had it exactly the same the other day. Literally couldn't get past yeah. the pop-up to even get to the thing I was trying to look at. Right, exactly. So those are a couple of things. You just want to make sure, and, and make sure it looks nice on different devices. So those are kind of just the standard yeah. things to do. And what about um, the, I'm going to say the word comment, but obviously it's not comment. It's the post. Oh, the description? Yeah, the description, description. there. Yeah, so you want to make those uh, fit your keywords. Um, okay. But, and so think of it like, like because Pinterest is a search engine. So you want to be, you don't want to stuff keywords in it and make it not sound natural, yeah. but you want to make sure you use that as well. Um, one of the things that I talk about a lot is, because your boards can also be indexed by Google. In fact, uh, instant Instagram tips. Oh is yeah, a, yeah, it always comes up as in Pinterest. Yeah, yeah. and so search your stuff can rank on Google. And so, a lot of people will title boards like "stuff I like" or yeah. you know, "fun recipes." <laughs> Do you look that at my helps. Pinterest? <laughs> no, no, no. So those are great for personal accounts, but if you're wanting yeah. to use it for a business, think about something that will make it. You know, like Peg and I have instant Instagram tips. It ranks right up there on Google uh, really high. And so that is awesome uh, for that. They have a great relationship with Google and Pinterest. So think about that. So you want to think about keyword descriptive. You don't want to make it sound robotic, but you want to make it have your keywords in it. So you want to do that for your board title, the board description, and also your your pin description and and do it that way. So am I making it sound for a human to read? And also, is there a kind of length so for instance on instagram when i write a comment i write a comment you know it's it's literally like really long so is there kind of an optimum there is i can't remember the character count if you guys google it it'll come up i just remember i think it's 500 characters Uh, i may be wrong the thing is now that you can add hashtags those count as part of your description so you gotta have a balance and i always recommend on pinterest not i mean not to use a gazillion hashtags like on, I think you can use like 30, like you can on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think that's overkill. Um, kind of best practices for that is I like to use my branded hashtag first. And I do that for social media examiner and also mine. So like when I post a pin off my blog, the first hashtag will be hashtag manly Pinterest tips. Yeah. Because if they click on that, all my content's going to be up. So you're going to see yeah. that all in the feed. So um, that's what I kind of like to do. And then I'll do hashtags like social media. You know, if I'm doing a Facebook uh, article would be hashtag Facebook, hashtag mm-hmm. Facebook ads. Do probably four to seven, maybe, or maybe even a little bit less. Just don't, yeah. don't do a ton because you'll take up your description space. Okay. And then something that I just uh, thought about completely off the cuff then, but um, I get invited to collaborate on other people's boards mm-hmm. or group boards. What What's that about? And why would I, wouldn't I? Group boards are great when you're first starting Pinterest to get your content out to more people. Um, 
group board and there's good group boards and there's bad group boards. And so there's nothing wrong with joining one and then leaving one. When you go, you want to look and see what there's always rules. Like you can't pin, you have to pin these size images, like I'm sure portrait style. Um, You've got to, you know, you can only do one of your own content a week. You've got to share three people, three other people's content. So they're great. Um, so it just depends. You want to make sure that those boards aren't spammy. You want to make sure that people's stuff is being seen. So some of the gr- huge big boards, you know, it goes so fast, it's hard to get traction. So, you know, some of the smaller ones uh, or medium-sized ones might be good to start with. Just You just got to go and try it for a while. And there's nothing wrong with leaving them. Tailwind now has a thing, which I call group boards on steroids, called Tailwind Tribes, which okay. allows you to get into these really niche groups and there's a there's even a counter at tops how many times you've shared uh, how many times they've shared your stuff what's new um, it's been great for traffic so I've been using that for my personal account and um, also for social media examiner it's just a great way for people mm-hmm. who like I'm in some blogging ones that are just blogging or just Pinterest so I'll share my Pinterest pins there and they get shared out and so remember every time you get a repin that's another link back to your site and then another yeah. chance for somebody clicking on your on it to, and come in to visit your site. So um, those are great to be on as well. Great. So then with the analytics that they give you, because obviously um, there is a difference between someone pinning your pin and someone clicking on your pin. Right. So obviously someone can click and still visit your site and they haven't mm-hmm. saved your pin or right. you could have someone save every pin, but never click once. So right. does it split that out? Can you see? Yes, you can see repins and you can see traffic. And so you'll, that's, when you, that's why when you are setting up your business account, you want to verify your website because that gives you that, okay, they're going through there. Google Analytics reports it as other. And so like on my pins, I like to use, uh, a, and this is going to be super geeky right now, um, a UTM parameter. And okay. yeah, Google, yeah. Traffic, yeah, um, Google traffic uh, and create those really easy when you create a pin. So I know what pins drive in traffic. Yeah. So you can set it up in like a spreadsheet and it's, it's not hard to do. It sounds really nerdy, but that gives you even more analytics of what pin is really working. And that's what you want to see really, because I think some, I mean, it, like you said, it does sound very techy, but only because we had to do it the other week, I right. know that it's fine. And if I can do it, I right. promise you anybody exactly. else can do it. Um, but you want to check that it's actually doing something. Right. And, and is it, sorry, go on. I was going to say, and the thing is, is also a lot of people like, don't even think about this, but you don't have to have just one pin for a piece of content. Like I pin a pin, like I have like six tools for social media and that pin's kind of dying down. I can create another pin that looks totally different and pin that that goes this. And you can do multiple pins Mm -hmm. and Peg Fitzpatrick does this all the time. She'll have like four or five pins that lead back to the same thing. And Mm -hmm. that's fine Um, because it gives your, your traffic more. I mean, your, your link more life and more people visiting your site than may have not before. Um, yeah. you can do split AB testing really easy. So yeah. So make those yeah. pins as many as you want. That's awesome. It's such a good idea. And, and like you said, I think, um, generally with people, when they put content out and we are in this world where as marketers and social media people were saying, we need content, we need content, we need content. But then actually when you think about, and especially as you've done with a podcast and live videos and blogs and oh my God, you've produced so much content. There is literally like, you know, just, and I'm only on episode, well, I don't know what this episode will be, what number it is yet, but out live, I think now I'm up to episode 41. But of course, wow. you know, that's 41 weeks of content that's mm-hmm. gone out there. And actually, you know, how many times and how much good stuff is in each of those podcast episodes? Right. So, you know, like you said, people aren't using that stuff enough. They're not putting that stuff back out there. And by using just like a different image, pulling out a quote or a tip or a stat or something that was in that content, you've just put a different spin on it or you've just had a different angle that that might attract someone rather than maybe your title. Maybe someone saw the title and thought, oh, not really, but then obviously decided to see something else and think, oh no, I do want to read that. So no, that's awesome. Well, one of the things that's going to blow your mind is, you know, you've always been able to take YouTube clips and pin them to Pinterest and they'll pay, they'll play natively. So I've had boards with just YouTube, you know, videos. Now they have a thing called video pins. And if you've looked at Pinterest and you're scrolling through and all of a sudden it on your mobile uh, pin starts to move and you'll see it's video. Those are the new video pins. Well, they're open to everybody now. And so you could actually take uh, like a one to two minute I mean, you can do a longer one, but one to two would be probably the, the work the best clip of this show 
and put it on Pinterest and it would automatically right. play and people could click on it and go to your site and read the, the so whole cool. podcast. And so I'm really excited about the video pins because I think it opens yeah. up a whole new thing because Pinterest has been static for so much as when you see movement on Pinterest, it's just like, what? And people click on it and want to find out more. Yeah, no, that's awesome, isn't it? I feel like, honestly, like considering I've worked in marketing, well, my entire life in marketing, right. but social media for the last four or five years, purely kind of working hard on that. I honestly feel like I'm discovering something brand, brand new. Oh, it I changes am, every day. And I can't believe that I ignored it for so long. And I can't believe so many pe- other people are ignoring it. And I feel like, and you must feel this all the time, that people are missing a huge opportunity here. Mm-hmm. The traffic is, you, you, you just try it for, uh, and Pinterest takes, you know, it's a slow, like it's a snowball effect. Yeah. So you're not going to pin one thing and like all this traffic comes in. Yeah. But the thing is, is like the half-life of a tweet or a Facebook post and all that stuff is super short. I think the half-life for a Pinterest pin is like three months, which is crazy. And so I still get pins in from stuff when I first started. I'm like, I even forgot I made that pin. Mm -hmm. And it's bringing traffic back to my site. I can see it in Google Analytics. So um, it just lasts for such a long time and it brings traffic in. So try it for two to three months and see what happens. Be, be, uh, you say, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to make, when I make a blog post, part of my process is I'm going to make a Pinterest image and I'm going to pin it. And I'm going to put it in a scheduler and I'm going to repin that so many times a week and, mm-hmm. and automate, you know, you, you can sit down and do your pins for the week on a Monday in 20 minutes. Yeah. It really doesn't take that long. And like you said, it's just literally bringing another step into the process that you've already got anyway. So right. I wrote out, oh God, I wish I hadn't, but I wrote out my process for the podcast because I'm taking someone on to help me manage the the right. whole podcast because it's huge and I wrote out the process and I did this spreadsheet of right okay so you know we'll tick when we've done this thing or did we get this and have we got that and what date is the interview and, da, da, da. and it's huge absolutely yeah. massive and I was like oh god really do I have to do all this stuff I was doing right. it anyway I just didn't realize but right. like you said you know in there it says have you created the social media posts have you scheduled on Twitter? And one of the things we're going to do now, we're being really strategic about the podcaster because I want to get it out there even more than we have done already. Obviously, I want it to grow and grow and grow is we are creating four, five, sometimes even six different types of posts for one podcast episode. So on Twitter, for instance, we can literally post it out every single day for that Mm -hmm. week because obviously then the following week we're focusing on something else. So like you said, it's just a case of saying when you've done that and and we use Canva. I love Canva, a huge, huge fan of Canva. And obviously, because I have the paid version, you can do the magic resize. Right. it really isn't that much more effort. You know, it's really mm. not too difficult. The other thing I do that I'm interested to see whether you can do, you were talking about the video posts is, have you heard of wave.co? So I use wave. So uh, we obviously produce the image in Canva. Then we mm. take that image from Canva into wave. We um, upload our audio file just in case people weren't sure what I was talking about. And then what happens is if you see any of my social media, you'll see that they have these wave movement thing going on yeah yeah and it just helps attract attention a bit more and it just makes it a bit more interesting so they do have a long thin one which i currently use for insta stories right which may fit the ratio size for pinterest i would try it because yeah uh, we used to this is before video we used waved quite a bit for at social examiner to Mm. to podcast with and um, it it did get a lot of engagement and so i would try it on uh pinterest and see the results because um, they do like, you can do any size video. You can do landscape or square works really well. Um, they have a, actually a promoted pin right now where you can actually have yours take up both sides of the feed, which means it's full screen. Uh, and then they click on it and it goes even bigger. So um, oh. there's some really cool stuff you can do. But yeah, and, and they, they, I think the best size are either square or the uh, story size yeah. for the videos, just because that's, that seems to work the best on mobile. Mm. No, that's awesome. Jeff, it's been so good to talk to you and I have loved talking about Pinterest. Like I said, I feel like I need to go and and do it. (laughs) So to finish off, can you, if someone sat there thinking, okay, you've convinced me now, I realize I need to go and do Pinterest. Tell us what we need to do to kind of get started or what our plan should kind of be if we're going to get started and we want to take this seriously and do it. 
So first of all, what I would do is um, uh, first get a business account, you know, verify your website, get that all set up, and then um, start creating pins in your your schedule. Like when you make a blog post, take the step and like can, like Canva doing the, the mm-hmm. magic resize. Uh, I make like four different images for every post that I do. You know, one for mm-hmm. my blog, one for Instagram, one for stories, you know, yeah. and for Pinterest. And so to just add that into your your process. Uh, and then look at a scheduler. I mean, most of the people who really are succeeding well use some sort of scheduler and yeah. make sure, and I, I'm always, <laughs> that they are a Pinterest verified partner because mm-hmm. there have been some schedulers before in the past, like even the last three months that weren't verified and were breaking Pinterest terms of service, even though they mm-hmm. did some great stuff and a lot of the power pinners used them, they went away and okay. everything that you had worked on was gone. So something like Tailwind, Buffer has a scheduler and there's a couple other ones. Um, Look at those and start scheduling your pins. And remember, it's just not your content. You're serving your audience. So like, like I do social media. So I, I pin stuff from Peg. I have a group of people that I trust Mm -hmm. um, that I pin their content because I know their links always work. I know that they're always doing good content. And so pin those and gradually ramp up there. You know, a lot of people recommend like 20 to 25 pins a day. And okay. the only way you can really do that is with a scheduler. Yeah. Now, you don't have to do that when you first start. Don't freak out. Okay. I was freaking out a little bit. Of <laughs> that. You can work. Uh, but that's what our scheduler comes in. So you want to start curating content. Look mm-hmm. at some group boards. Do some collaboration. Because we, I have almost uh, I got a circle of people that I know that they pin my stuff. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. I, they're speakers at Social Media and Marketing World that I know are individual marketing. And, and so you'll find those naturally when you start doing that. But uh, just add it to your process. And it really probably takes the, the least amount of time out of all the social networks to do. Well, one thing I thought was fascinating, which I found out, and I hadn't really thought about, but of course it makes sense, is there's no engagement. So yeah. that's like amazing. <laughs> there, there can be like, I, I, and don't ignore comments. You just won't get a lot. Yeah. And if family comments, you know, you can just go in like once a week and people say, this was a great blog post. And like, always say, thank you. I really yeah. appreciate it that kind of stuff. It's best practice, just like any other thing, but it's not as intensive as yeah. some of the other, other ones are. You're right. And I was, cause I think I said, um, on another podcast that Tyler J. McCall said that when he came on for Instagram, he said, you need to engage more than you post. Right. So of course then an engagement is always a huge thing in social media world, you know, that I'm constantly talking about that if you're on social media, you've got to engage. That's the whole point. It's that conversation, blah, 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 blah. And then of course you come to Pinterest. But like I said, it's weird because as you've said, and I'm discovering Pinterest really isn't a social media account. It's mm-hmm. a search engine, right. but it's odd that it's being put with social media and right. it kind of sits in the social media space, but actually it's, it's not that at all, is it? It's very different. Yeah, it's very different. And, and you, you know, like I said, make sure you do go back in and, and mention comments, but I really don't get as many as like, yeah. like you said, with Instagram and stuff. And so, and also you can use other, the other networks to push people towards Pinterest. Uh, Peg had a thing where she would always put, uh, she'd share an image and she'd say, pin it for later on Facebook because some people couldn't read yeah. the article right away or whatever. And they, she would have them pin it for later, which is a great call to action. Totally. And also brings people to your Pinterest account. So you can use Twitter and all those different things too, to, to kind of, if you're just starting out to kind of drive people to your Pinterest account. And I think like you said, you're going to have to give an element of teaching in the sense of and that's a great thing that Peg did because you're right. I will see an article and I don't know about you, but I'm one of these people that I'll get an email in and it'll say, Hey, we've done this new blog post or whatever. And I'll click on it and I'll open up the screen mm-hmm. and then I don't read it because I'm busy. Right. Right. And then I get another one and I click it, open up the screen and then I get another, and I literally have like 20 tabs open of things mm-hmm. that I think I do want to read it and I'll get around to reading it at some point. But like you said, why aren't I just pinning it to a, to a board somewhere that's right. like, actually, I want to read this or I want to check this or whatever. So, and then also, I don't know about you. Honestly, I feel so stupid now. Like I should know all these things, but I, I read blog posts and then I'm like, who was that again? Who did that? Mm-hmm. That was great stuff in there. I should have kept that somewhere. Where would I keep it? Oh, I know, Teresa. How yeah. about <laughs> Pinterest? Yeah. And, and the other thing is, is make sure, and we didn't dive into this too much, but, um, 
I one of my favorite plugins is Social Warfare because it lets you get an image based on the different networks. And so one of the ways to help get your content out there is have your social sharing plugin set up right so it pins the correct image. That it's not just okay. pinning your blog post image, which yeah. isn't going to work well on Pinterest. Nope. But if you like if you go to Manly Pinterest Tips and you click on the Pinterest image, it brings up a Pinterest image. And so that helps a ton to get yeah. people to pin your stuff and also visit your account. And so yeah. like you said, when people don't have time to read my stuff, they want to save it. That's the, a, a way yeah. to do it. So very that's good. That's awesome. Honestly, Jeff, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing these. And I feel like we are literally just scratching the surface. And there is so much more that's buzzing around my head about advertising, about kind of how it's all connected up and driving people to those pins. And so, you know, I'm sure at some point in the future, we would love to have you back on. Oh, so sure. Fill us in on all those <laughs> things as well. So, Jeff, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on the podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. So there you have it. Yet more great reasons why I should definitely have got my backside in gear and sorted out Pinterest. Now, as I said on there, I love Pinterest as a personal tool. I use it lots. I like saving images to things and and collecting recipes and house interior stuff. But I haven't been really strategic in using it for the business. So I promise you, listening to this and re-recording this today has inspired me to get it on my list. In fact, I have a team meeting tomorrow and I'm going to put it on the list with them and we're going to work out how we can start really maximizing Pinterest for our business. Because honestly, after listening to what Jeff and then back in episode 49, what Elisa had to say, it's a really, really good tool. But like a lot of things, it'll take time. And I know we all want these quick fixes and we want all these amazing results really quickly, but sometimes we have to do these slow things in order to get some big results in the end. So I really hope you find that useful today. I know I did. Anyway, I'm back next week with a solo episode. And in all honesty, at this point in time, I don't know what that's going to be about, which is hilarious because literally last week, I did an episode on batching content and coming up with content ideas. I know, I promise you I have a list of ideas. I'm just not sure which one of those I'm actually going to do. And I have got a bit behind. These first few months for me have been crazy. So I have got a little bit behind in terms of how far ahead I'm scheduled up to. So I am kind of doing it week by week again, which is a little bit frustrating. So I'm definitely going to get my backside in gear and make sure that I get ahead again. Anyway, thank you so much again for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I will see you here next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 